Today is the third day of March. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I'm Brian, and I'm faking like I'm not tired. <laughs> uh, but safely back in the rolling hills of Tennessee. Uh, so good to be home. But uh, yeah, you you leave parts of yourself behind. Like things have to catch up. And so, uh, and jet lag can be so disorienting. But right now, these hours are a good time, so it's great to be here with you and uh, to move forward in the scriptures. And today, we will conclude the book of Leviticus. And uh, then we will begin the book of Numbers, and we'll talk about that when we get there. But first, Leviticus 27, verse 14 through 34. When a man dedicates his house as a holy gift to the Lord, the priest shall value it as either good or bad. As the priest values it, so it shall stand. And if the donor wishes to redeem his house... He shall add a fifth to the valuation price, and it shall be his. If a man dedicates to the Lord part of the land that is his possession, then the valuation shall be in proportion to its seed. A homer of barley seed shall be valued at fifty shekels of silver. If he dedicates his field from the year of Jubilee, the valuation shall stand. But if he dedicates his field after the jubilee, then the priest shall calculate the price according to the years that remain until the year of jubilee, and a deduction shall be made from the valuation. And if he who dedicates the field wishes to redeem it, then he shall add a fifth to its valuation price, and it shall remain his. But if he does not wish to redeem the field, or if he has sold the field to another man, it shall not be redeemed any more. But the field, when it is released in the jubilee, shall be a holy gift to the Lord, like a field that has been devoted. The priest shall be in possession of it. If he dedicates to the Lord a field that he has bought, which is not a part of his possession, then the priest shall calculate the amount of the valuation for it up to the year of jubilee. And the man shall give the valuation on that day as a holy gift to the Lord. In the year of Jubilee, the fields shall return to him from whom it was bought, to whom the land belongs as a possession. Every valuation shall be according to the shekel of the sanctuary. Twenty geras shall make a shekel. But a firstborn of animals which as a firstborn belongs to the Lord, no man may dedicate, whether ox or sheep, it is the Lord's. And if it is an unclean animal, then he shall buy it back at the valuation and add a fifth to it. Or if it is not redeemed, it shall be sold at the valuation. But no devoted thing that a man devotes to the Lord of anything that he has whether man or beast, or of his inherited field, shall be sold or redeemed. Every devoted thing is most holy to the Lord. No one devoted, who is to be devoted for destruction from mankind, shall be ransomed. 
he shall surely be put to death. Every tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. If a man wishes to redeem some of his tithe, he shall add a fifth to it. And every tithe of herds and flocks, every tenth animal of all that pass under the herdsman's staff, shall be holy to the Lord. One shall not differentiate between good or bad, neither shall he make a substitute for it. And if he does substitute for it, then both it and the substitute shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. These are the commandments that the Lord commanded Moses for the people of Israel on Mount Sinai. Okay, so that concludes the book of Leviticus, which brings us to the opening pages of the book of Numbers. And as we go into the book of Numbers, we'll encounter, uh, like, review. And it might feel redundant. It might be like, haven't we just, like, didn't we hear this already? And so that can be tedious. But there's something going on underneath this that's important. Because... We're now switching from the first generation of, of Hebrew slaves that came out of Egypt and uh, moving toward an emerging generation of people. And uh, much, much has happened under Moses' leadership. So, so they've seen God show up miraculously in their midst and his, his mighty power is among them and, and they've received the law. But... Now they have to actually live the law uh, because, because God's giving the order. It's time to move out. It's time for them to move into the promised land. Like, now they have the law. Now they've established themselves. Now it's go time. It's time to go to the promised land. And so we'll, we'll see in the book of Numbers spies that are sent into the land and kind of get this first glimpse of what this land of promise might look like. And uh, we'll also watch, we'll watch this generation completely disqualify themselves from the promise. And uh, <laughs> there's there's plenty of parallels for our lives. Uh, so let's let's dive in to the third book of the Old Testament, the Book of Numbers, chapter one. The Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the tent of meeting on the first day of the second month in the second year after they had come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Take a census of all the congregation of the people of Israel, by clans, by fathers' houses, according to the number of names, every male, head by head, from twenty years old and upward, all in Israel who are able to go to war. You and Aaron shall list them, company by company, and there shall be with you a man from each tribe, each man being the head of the house of his fathers. And these are the names of the men who shall assist you. From Reuben, Eleazar, the son of Shadur. From Simeon, Shalumiel, the son of Zurashaddai. From Judah, Nation, the son of Aminadab. From Issachar, Nethanel, 
the son of Zuar. From Zebulun, Eliab, the son of Helon. From the sons of Joseph, from Ephraim, Elishama, the son of Amihud, and from Manasseh, Gamaliel, the son of Pedazur. From Benjamin, Abidan, the son of Gideonai. From Dan, Ahazer, the son of Amishadai. From Asher, Pagiel, the son of Okran. From Gad, Eliasaph, the son of Duel. From Naphtali, Ahira, the son of Enan. These were the ones chosen from the congregation, the chiefs of their ancestral tribes, the heads of the clans of Israel. Moses and Aaron took these men who had been named, and on the first day of the second month, they assembled the whole congregation together, who registered themselves by clans, by fathers' houses according to the number of names, from twenty years old and upward, head by head, as the Lord commanded Moses. So he listed them in the wilderness of Sinai. The people of Reuben, Israel's firstborn, their generations, by their clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names, head by head, every male from twenty years old and upward, all who were able to go to war, those listed of the tribe of Reuben were 46,500. Of the people of Simeon, their generations by their clans, by their fathers' houses, those of them who were listed according to the number of names, head by head, every male from twenty years old and upward, all who were able to go to war, those listed of the tribe of Simeon were 59,300. Of the people of Gad, their generations by their clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of the names, from twenty years old and upward, all who were able to go to war, those listed of the tribe of Gad, were 45,650. Of the people of Judah, their generations by their clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names, from twenty years old and upward, every man able to go to war. Those listed of the tribe of Judah were 74,600. Of the people of Issachar, their generations, by their clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names from twenty years old and upward, every man able to go to war, those listed of the tribe of Issachar were 54,400. Of the people of Zebulun, their generations, by their clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names from twenty years old and upward, every man able to go to war, those listed of the tribe of Zebulun were 57,400. Of the people of Joseph, namely of the people of Ephraim, their generations by their clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names, from twenty years old and upward, every man able to go to war, those listed of the tribe of Ephraim, were forty thousand five hundred. Of the people of Manasseh, their generations, by their clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names, from twenty years old and upward, every man able to go to war, those listed of the tribe of Manasseh 
were 32,200. Of the people of Benjamin, their generations, by their clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names from 20 years old and upward, every man able to go to war. Those listed of the tribe of Benjamin were 35,400. Of the people of Dan, their generations by their clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names, from 20 years old and upward, every man able to go to war. Those listed of the tribe of Dan were 62,700. Of the people of Asher, their generations, by their clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names from twenty years old and upward, every man able to go to war. Those listed of the tribe of Asher were 41,500. Of the people of Naphtali, their generations, by their clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names from twenty years old and upward, every man able to go to war. Those listed of the tribe of Naphtali were 53,400. These are those who were listed, whom Moses and Aaron listed with the help of the chiefs of Israel, twelve men each representing his father's house. So all those listed of the people of Israel by their father's houses from twenty years old and upward, every man able to go to war in Israel, all those listed were 603,550. But the Levites were not listed along with them by their ancestral tribe. For the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Only the tribe of Levi you shall not list, and you shall not take a census of them among the people of Israel. But appoint the Levites over the tabernacle of the testimony, and over all its furnishings, and over all that belongs to it. They are to carry the tabernacle and all its furnishings, and they shall take care of it, and shall camp around the tabernacle. When the tabernacle is to set out, the Levites shall take it down, and when the tabernacle is to be pitched, the Levites shall set it up. And if any outsider comes near he shall be put to death. The people of Israel shall pitch their tents by their companies, each man in his own camp, and each man by his own standards. But the Levites shall camp around the tabernacle of the testimony, so that there may be no wrath on the congregation of the people of Israel. And the Levites shall keep guard over the tabernacle of the testimony, Thus did the people of Israel. They did according to all that the Lord had commanded Moses. Mark 11, 1-25 Now when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethpage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it, 
and we'll send it back here immediately. And they went away and found a colt tied at a door outside in the street, and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? And they told them what Jesus had said. And they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David! Hosanna in the highest! And he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. On the following day, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. And they came to Jerusalem, and he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them, and saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. And the chief priests and the scribes heard it and were seeking a way to destroy him, for they feared him, because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. And when evening came, they went out of the city. As they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father, also who is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. Psalm 46 God is our fortress. To the choir master of the sons of Korah, according to Alamon, a song. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, 
though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Selah. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Proverbs 10.23 Doing wrong is like a joke to a fool, but wisdom is pleasure to a man of understanding. Okay, in the book of Mark... Jesus has entered Jerusalem. This is his final visit. This, he has not been arrested yet, but uh, we're in that story. And it's so weird because it's like just a couple days ago. Just a couple days ago, we were like walking the path that we're reading out of the Gospel of Mark. So it's like uh, immediately poignant to me in spite of uh, being jet lagged and everything. It's like very, very immediate one thing I want to point out as we're going through this story this time is the cleansing of the temple. Uh, I mean, we can make a theological statement about the cleansing of the temple, but let's just make a practical statement about cleansing the temple. Let's just imagine what's happening here. Because a lot of times we can read through these stories, like when I read them, I've heard this story of Jesus. I mean, this is a flannel board Sunday school story for me. And so I always thought, like, of course, Jesus, you know, he would tip over the money chain. Like, he, of course, he would cleanse the temple and everybody should get on board and there's no problem. And on the flannel boards, it was always like a real small thing. You know, like he let some birds go and he tipped over a table with coins and they fell out on the ground. It was like a small thing. That's not the story. So like, and I'm thinking like, what, how, how could we do this? Let's picture, um, let's picture our local courthouse. Okay, and um, if we're in a big city, then there's probably like a, you know, a larger courthouse made out of stone and there's big stairs and you go up into it. And these are the halls of justice. And maybe you're famous. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're maybe people you're well known. Jesus had become well known. So maybe you're kind of well known. But you don't go to that courthouse to stand outside on the sidewalk with a sign as you're permitted to do because you have a disagreement with 
uh, a case or with the with the justice system or whatever you're you're protesting, which is your right. Uh, but instead, you actually walk up those stairs, um, go in, go through security, go in, and start disrupting inside in the different courtrooms. You start throwing things around, and you start yelling, "This is all corrupt." This whole system is not what it was intended to be. Like, you're saying these things, and you're throwing things around. That's kind of similar to the scenario we have going here. So it's almost as if Jesus is provoking this. Doing what I just said in a courthouse would have you more than arrested, more than quickly. What Jesus was doing... It would have been considered vandalism at best and profaning the temple. Uh, so things that would get him arrested. And it's like he almost purposely pulled the last straw because at this point they are determined to destroy Jesus. And so, Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity as we read through the scriptures that we can encounter this story a number of times and see it from a number of perspectives and explore it thoroughly because this is the story of why we are here and why there is hope. And so we thank you for allowing us to just peer into the story and have context and be able to visualize it. And we ask that you open the eyes of our heart. Give us eyes to see. We ask in your precious name. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is the website. It's home base. It's where you find out what's going on around here. What is going on around here? I don't know. What's going on around here is that I'm trying to figure out where I'm at. That's how jet lag works. Every year, I get back. I know I'm back. Everything looks like how I left it. It's, uh, it's my house. Like it's, this, is, this is where I live. But it also feels foreign. Because I've been on such a, a, such a journey that has so much emotion and heart locked into it that it's almost as if uh, part of me still there taking the next flight. <laughs> and all of me has not assembled yet. That takes a couple of days to kind of get switched back over and uh, start feeling like your feet are on the ground again. I doubt that I am the only one who has ever experienced this. I doubt that I'm the only one experiencing this now for all of us who have uh, or who are returning from our pilgrimage to Israel. So hang in there. I've done this a lot of times. It gets, it gets better. This takes a couple of days. Just take it easy. It's uh, fascinating how much got poured into us, how much knowledge and how much heart, just how much we were rooted in that story. And uh, it's way, 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 way too much to comprehend. And I said all that at the beginning of the journey when we were having our opening dinner. And uh, 
Yeah, it's just way, way, but it's all there. Like all the experiences that we have and all the things that we see, we may not be able to consciously bring them up, but they're there. And over the next months, they'll just continue to seep into our lives and uh, keep informing us. So uh, it's good, good, good to be home. And that's kind of what's going on around here. So thank you for your prayers as we make this transition back. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, you can do that at dailyaudiobible.com. There is a link on the homepage. And I, uh, I am grateful beyond words for those of you who have clicked that link. If you are using the Daily Audio Bible app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or if you prefer, the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996. Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or comment, you can just hit the hotline button in the app, the little red button at the top, or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here. Tomorrow. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to come to you today, Lord, and lift up all the stay-at-home parents, the moms, the dads, the grandparents, Lord, that stay at home with their children. God, I pray right now that you would give them extra energy, Lord, extra comfort. God, I know at times it it feels, for, for me, I feel isolated or lonely, Lord Jesus, like no one understands. But God, I know that's just the enemy. And God, I pray right now if there's anyone that feels like that, that stays at home with their kids on a consistent basis, Lord, that you would uplift them, that you would know that what they are doing matters, Lord, that they are sowing seeds into the next generations coming up behind them. God, I ask that you would drown out the noise of the enemy, that they would know that they are precious in your sight, Lord Jesus, what they are doing God, these children are such a precious gift from you. Lord, you say in your word that children are a gift from the Lord. And God, I believe that and I thank you. Thank you for my children, Lord. Thank you for all these other dad family members, Lord, who get to pour into their kids every day. Thank you, Lord, that I get to see them throughout the day. For the ones, I get to send them off to school. For the ones that come home from school, I'm here. And I thank you. That is a privilege I don't take lightly. But God, I know sometimes I feel so by myself, God. So fill me today. Fill others today. For those who are struggling, Lord Jesus, just give them a new, fresh awakening, a fresh touch from you. May your Holy Spirit overflow in their lives and the joy of the Lord be upon them. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. We pray, amen. Truly thankful, Taylor, from the DFW Metroplex. Love you guys. Blessings in Jesus Christ. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Good morning. This is Wanda Manny from Kansas City. Um, I guess you could call me Sword for the Lord from KC. I just wanted to tell Michael Davis that I got your message this morning. Uh, I'm listening to the 23rd, uh, so I'm about a day behind. 
But I wanted to let you know how encouraging it was to hear from you and to hear how well you and your brother are doing. And I'm so grateful to God that your auntie and your cousin are taking great care of you guys. Man, what a voice of encouragement to come across the, uh, the, the, the virtual lines this morning. Because to hear from you, I'm sure, just like myself, you have encouraged so many others with just the, the joy that's in your voice and just to hear that you're pressing forward and that you're continuing to believe God for all his goodness and all his great grace and mercy for you and your family. So I'm just so encouraged by your call this morning, so encouraged by your words this morning, um, and so thankful that you chose to share with us again an update on how you and your brother are doing. I'll continue to keep you guys lifted up in prayer. Thank you again for sharing. Sword for the Lord in KC. Bye for now. Hey family, it's Jesse from Washington. Um, I've been meaning to call for a week or so. Um, I need prayers for my marriage. Um, it's just been so hard the last few months. And it's like the more blessings we get, the harder our relationships, our relationship gets. And it's clearly, you know, a spiritual attack. But I, I just wish there was a break from it, you know? It just seems like it's one thing after another and getting so burnt out um, on my efforts bearing so little fruit. You know, and I know that's, that's the game, but it's super frustrating. I'm, I'm tired of feeling lonely. I'm tired of not having anyone to talk to or uh, no one that will listen to me. Um, I just have this like weight on my heart and uh, I don't know what to do. I mean, keep moving forward, obviously, and it just doesn't seem like it gets easier. It seems like every time we make progress, it just steps that bar up, and uh, now we have to fight even harder. And I guess maybe that's part of part of the game too. But it's just hard. I'm tired of my heart feeling so heavy, you know, and I'm tired of. Um, apologizing for I guess perceived wrongs or um, putting myself in the grave for other people's offenses and, and I, I, I'm not perfect at all I'm just it's getting hi DAB family it's Carla I'm from Las Vegas. I am driving around in Las Vegas today and listening to the community prayer from last Saturday and wanted to pray for a few people. Carrie from Utah, I heard your um, request for prayers about your marriage. I am praying for your marriage. Dustin, you were leaving the hospital. You're in pain. I am praying for you, my brother Ariel. I heard lots of prayers for you, and I just want you to know that I joined everybody in praying for you. Harold, I was hooping it up when I heard you praying for other people, because we've been praying for you, and the gift goes on. Um, his little Cherie from Canada, yes, we you have been missed. I actually remember the mud pie story, and I actually remember what I was doing when I heard your initial call about the mud pie. I was mowing my lawn with my earbuds in. So, uh, yes, you are somebody that's very precious to our community. I'm praying 
for the Israel trip. I'm watching all the pictures you're posting and I'm thankful for all of those. Michael, thank you for calling in to uh, let us know how you and Elijah are doing. You continue to be in my prayers. Sharice, I am still praying for you. I pray that you are out of the hospital now and with your children. Julie, thank you. Julie from Texas, thank you for calling about the twins being home and healed. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I'm asking for prayer. I'm still looking for a job. I'm actually on my way to a job interview right now. I have started dating my ex-husband. He's pretty sick, um, and so I'm asking for a healing for him. Um, it's chronic illness, and, and it's been ongoing, so it's, it's kind of all-consuming. I am leaving tomorrow to go visit my granddaughter in uh, Colorado. She's five months old. I can't wait. And just a reminder that um, Lent, it, Lent starts today, and it's a season where we, uh, leading up to Easter where we can love more and more deeply. I love you all. Have a great day. Bye. Hi, family. This is Terry from Southern California. Um, today, I was listening to the podcast, and I heard Tina, um, my, my brand-new listener, um, and she was calling to just let everybody know that she's enjoying the, the podcast and that she's also found a, a little church down and how she didn't grow up, you know, with the Word of God. And, you know, Tina, when you were talking, it kind of reminded me of myself. I'm much older than you are now. I'm in my 50s. But I, too, didn't get to know the Lord until I was in my 20s. And um, I was not raised in the church at all. And I've been on this journey now for over 30 years, about 30 years. And so I just want to just applaud you and just say a blessing over you that you have made the best choice ever and that you just continue on this pathway. I used to say it's like an e-ticket ride that Disneyland used to offer, but it will be an adventure. It'll just have uh, some rocky places, but the most beautiful thing about it is that you won't go it alone. Not only will you have the Dabber family, you'll have your church family, and you will have people praying for you all the time. And I just want to encourage you, Tina, to stay on the journey. Never take your hand out of God's unchanging hand. I'm so grateful that God changes not. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so God bless you, and we will be lifting you up in prayer. Thank you for calling in. I look forward to hearing your um, your praise reports and your prayer requests as well. And to all the Dabber family, always know I'm lifting everybody up in prayer. Um, continue to lift my family up in prayers too. I have teenagers and as you guys know, I pray off for my son Josh and um, I continue to put him on the altar. Cause, you know, he's, he's a young man making- ADAB family, Broken Tony here. Here with my beautiful wife, Evelyn Lenny Coffin Arms. Say hi. Hi, everyone. We just wanted to call in and say thank you to everyone for all the prayers that you prayed and to give thanks to God right where it belongs for the healings that he's bringing to our family and the blessings that he brings to our family. When I just be so grateful for the DAB family. Listen, all in. If you haven't called in, call in when you have a need. Get on the DAB friends on Facebook. Put your needs down. You have an incredible community, one of the, the greatest church communities that exists out there. Use it. That's what we're here for. Prayers 
work. They work for us. Guys, we love you so much. Thanks again. Good morning, Dabras. It is 4 a.m. in Florida. This is Florida Charlie Oscar Papa giving a hello. Uh, I'm reaching out to the Dabra family because I need prayer. I need prayer for my family, uh, prayer for my parents and my siblings. Some days you try to, I guess, kind of do everything on your own and try to help and do as much as you can to help your family members and siblings, but it's just some days it gets too much. So you guys just can keep me in prayer. I'm here right now working, getting ready to get off shift. Um, had a busy night. And also, if you can keep the law enforcement family in prayer, um, these, these, um, these cities really need Jesus. When you go out and about and you patrol your area and you see the hardships that people are going through, the, uh, the demonic stronghold, it really um, takes a toll on you. But I know God is faithful. And so just keep me in prayer, keep my family in prayer, and pray for our nation. Thank you. Love you all. Um, look forward to hearing y'all on the prayer line. God bless. Bye-bye.